Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is the founder of Born to Lead. It helps entrepreneurs unlock their unique leadership gift to start and grow six, seven, and even 10-figure businesses. With more than 200 success stories from around the world, he has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and BuzzFeed. After being one of the top college swim coaches, he started his business journey only to fail in his first three years. After a weekend of soul searching and asking the tough questions, he decided to throw everything out, trust his intuition, and just start leading. This shift allowed him to start and sell two businesses prior to going all in on his life's work. Today, he will help you find your success DNA and win in business as one of a kind, as the one of a kind leader you are. Welcome to the show, Alex Kuhn. Matt, I am so, from one athlete to another, man, I love talking to athletes. So, and I know that we maybe talk about former and weekend athletes, but I still think of myself as an athlete. I know you do as well. So love being here, man. Oh, dude, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, it's it. You know, there's definitely an athlete mindset, especially when you want to become your best. And I like how you threw in the bio, you know, failing after the first three years. And I think one of the big keys of being a great athlete is knowing failure is a part of the process. Right. If, if you don't know how to rebound from failure and, and know that it's not permanent, um, that's one of the key takeaways. And so sport really teaches you that. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story. You know, you're training for the Olympics uh, when you're a kid. You know, you're obviously good at entrepreneurship. And um, obviously the mindset, too, comes with that being a high level athlete and then also helping others um, achieve their highest potential. Because as a coach, you're recognizing that they have more you know, and you're helping them get that, you know, that little bit extra. And there's all these different elements that go into it. And I think it's mental, emotional, and spiritual, but really it's like achieving that synergy of peak performance. And I've always said with Zen Athlete, the book that I wrote, I was like, if you use this for business, you will crush business because no business guy thinks like an athlete has to, to be the best that they can be when everyone else is trying to get that little bit extra, you know, it's a different mindset. So I'll stop yammering. I'll get you to, uh, you know, share a little bit about your background. I don't, I agree with you. I don't think you can, I don't believe any entrepreneur or any business person. I actually, and you'll hear me talk about the difference between a entrepreneur mindset versus a leader's mindset, but I don't believe that you can't have, as you talk about the mind, body, spirit, you can't have, you cannot have those not aligned. And if you you don't have those aligned, you're not going to be successful. I've never found it in my, you know, athletic journey, in my business journey, in my journey as a father. I mean, there's no question those things this is not just a a singular compartmentalized aspect of my life and it's not what i teach it's not what i value and i know that it's the same thing for you and in fact most of my client success stories a lot of times it wasn't the strategy or the business tactic it was helping them grow as leaders which is why i talk a lot about success dna and we can talk about that later but you know really you know quickly you know my story is one that i think most people can relate to in some ways and hopefully will give them some inspiration as you know whatever they want to achieve in their life is truly possible you know i grew up in a, in a farm town you know very humble upbringing you know not in this you know endowed you know very wealthy background i worked with you know i grew up with parents that believe in the hard work and so that was something that was instilled to me as a very young kid you know to the point where you know even this past weekend i was actually helping my dad move these like 
500 and 600 pound rocks on the farm. And, you know, just that work ethic is just still into me. But as an athlete, that was just something I always gravitated towards. You know, it wasn't a hobby. It wasn't something I did just after school. That was, that was the game. And I always say that without swimming, I don't know if I would have gone on to get, you know, graduate from high school or graduate from college or even graduate from my MBA, as I'll tell you a little bit. But, you know, swimming really took me to places that I was very grateful and it gave me opportunities to figure out what allowed me to be successful and also allowed me to lead in places. When I was 12 years old, I made that decision. I remember going to my parents and I said to my parents, I'm going to make the Olympics. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to make the Olympics. And they thankfully and gratefully were so supportive. They allowed me to literally leave the house pretty much every summer and pretty much every single day. I was literally on my own starting at the age of 13, trying to train with the best coaches, the best athletes, the Olympians that we saw to this day, the people that swim with Michael Phelps, who I know is more of a household name for everybody. And, you know, during that entire time and for probably over more than a decade, you know, I was training about six or seven hours a day, six days a week, and just really dedicating my life to the sport. And, you know, unfortunately, I'd love to sit here and say, yeah, I made my Olympic dream or I made the Olympic trials. And uh, I can tell you the very last meet uh, before I graduated college was like literally probably my worst swim meet of my entire life. And it just really devastated me. It really broke me. And for anybody that's, you know, really put something, they put all, their all into something. No, this isn't tragic like somebody passing away or no, this isn't tragic like a car crash. But when you put your blood, sweat and tears into something that you feel so committed to, such conviction for, it just, it breaks you. It literally kills you. And so at the time, I thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to get on with my life. I'm supposed to go get that job. I'm supposed to take that internship, whatever it is. But there was just something that still like stuck with me. There was something that said, you know what? I'm just, I'm not done. I'm not done with this sport. I'm not done with it. But I also knew that, you know, being five, nine and not the, you know, obviously having to feel like a Michael Phelps and all these different talents. I was like, maybe there's a different way for me to actually achieve success in the sport. Hence, instead of taking the, the great job with a Fortune 500 company, I took the $15,000 a year assistant swim coaching position out in Iowa in the middle of nowhere where I knew nobody. And it was a, one of the best experiences of my life. And it allowed me over seven years, actually, I got a great reputation for being that guy who could change programs, really getting the best out of swimmers, but also more importantly, attracting high level swimmers to colleges that maybe shouldn't have been attracting that high level. You know, instead of taking that scholarship, they went to the schools I was recruiting them at. So seven years and really making a name for myself. I was on the way to, in the football world, we think of the Nick Sabans and those types of coaches. And that was my trajectory as a swim coach. But, you know, you know, Matt, there's something to this. I think all of us come to that point. Whereas we continue to go through this journey, it's not the jobs, it's not the positions, it's not the accolades, it's just there's something that you feel like is your life's work. And as much as I loved swimming at that point, and I was grateful, and while I didn't get to my Olympic dream or coach that Olympic team there, I knew that I, I did what I wanted in that sport, and it was time to go on a different venture. Hence, I said, you know what? I know I love leadership. I know I love being motivated. I love, I love inspiring people, and I know there's something here. So I just literally jumped into the entrepreneurship world with really so many people telling me I was crazy to give up the track that I was on. Well, one year went by and two years went by and three years went by and I just, I couldn't figure it out. 
I literally was so successful in this swimming coach where I'm getting business. I was like failing. I was literally struggling to the point where I can even remember my parents saying, you know what, Alex, there's a swim coaching opportunity. Maybe you should take that position and just kind of slyly saying, we believe in you, but just in case. And I remember it was, you know, 2013 and I just, you know, Matt, I just, I said, I said, I said, screw it. I'm, I'm going to go away. I just need to get away from everybody. And so I went in the woods and I, I charged things to credit cards where I didn't have any money, but I just knew I just needed to get away. And I just kept asking myself that question, like what helped me be successful in as a swimmer, as a swim coach in my professional field with people that said that I was going to be great. That I had this leadership components that you know, no matter what I was going to do, I was going to be great at it. And yet I was failing, I was failing miserably. But something started to click on me. Something started, I started realizing, like, you know what? Everything I'm trying to learn in this entrepreneurial world about just hustle and grind and, and take this course and that course and do this funnel and put this all and do all these JV partnerships, like none of it was working. But the one thing I was forgetting was, is like, listen, there is something about me that I just, I've always trusted my gut and I've always trusted my intuition. I've just always tried to lead people. I try to make other people's days better. So I said, for the next year, that's all I'm going to do in business. I'm just going to focus on making somebody else's day better. No matter who I met, I was going to make their day better. And that really was the turning point for me. And you know, to this day, you know, long story short, you know, I've started and sold two businesses. Um, and now really in my life's work, and as you mentioned, uh, the founder of Born a Lead. And really, I just really believe that in every single person that's listening to this episode right now, that there is this born leader, somebody who is legitimately out there that may not even know it, that if they can actually tap into that, what I call success DNA, that anything is possible whether it's a fulfilling life or fulfilling business, whatever that looks like for you, but that's what I'm here to do on this planet. So I'm just grateful to have this opportunity to do it on your podcast. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> Sounds like a hero's journey if I've ever heard one. And uh, I love how the, you know, the main takeaway is focusing on making other people's day better. And I love, you know, one of my favorite teachings by far is from my friend, uh, David Lombear Senapas, a Native American elder. And he would just say, do three kind acts a day, go out of your way to do it and don't tell anyone. And if you think about business and or if you've read How to Win Friends and Influence People, I love that book because, um, you know, people would think like, okay, this book is really about like uh, influencing people and getting what you want. But if you read the book, it's really like how to not be an a-hole and how to just be a good person. You know what I mean? It's just like be a good person, care about people, forgive them, and you will be more influential. And, uh, you know, it's such a powerful book. So it seems like fundamentally those are some core principles. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, what is success DNA to you? Um, leadership, I feel like, is so important right now, especially in the polarizing world we're in. So uh, maybe you can just speak a little bit about those two topics. Well, I'm so glad you brought that book up because my favorite quote of all time is from it is that you'll make more friends in two months getting to know them than you will in two years getting people to know you. And it's literally my favorite quote of all time because it's so true. And, you know, we talk about this idea of, you know, what the secret of success is or the secret of, you know, business there. And I've always found that for me, it's that, can I make somebody's day better? So I think what um, your mentor mentioned is just literally, it's just so spot on, so spot on. So what is actually leadership and what is this entire idea of success DNA? And it's always the first question usually people ask me and I love to actually take a step back. And that is at the first piece when it comes to leadership that I find time and time again, the people that we want to have as mentors, the people we see as role models, the people that see us as role models. There's actually three traits that they practice time and time again. And notice I say practice and not just have. 
because I think sometimes we say that they either are this or not, but these are just really traits that peop, anybody can practice these. And yet they're simple, but yet they're so hard at the same time because really it takes consistency. And at the end of the day, that's what we want in a leader. We want somebody that's consistent. And if this leader, any person practices higher levels of honesty, really meaning honesty, not only with others, but honesty with themselves. Honesty really saying, I suck at this. Maybe I need to be better or I need to give this to somebody else or I need a coach. Something that really says, listen, I am not good enough at this or I just need to have somebody else do it for me. But higher levels of honesty of where they are and what they need to do to actually change their situation. The second thing is integrity. A person who, and integrity is such a vast word, but to me very simply is this, is that when somebody says they can do something, they better be able to do something. And when they say that, if they say they can do something and can't do something, then maybe they need to check back. And that's how I think most people look at somebody of integrity. Nobody's looking for anybody perfect and nobody's looking for the perfect leader. We're just looking for somebody who really knows themselves well enough to know what they can do and what they can't do. And they will literally be upfront with the person. And then finally, which I think is the thing that we see the area of leadership where most leaders grow, and that is courage. You know, a leader that's willing to put a vision out there and not that the vision is always going to come true or not that the goal is always going to actually happen, but you see the leader working, you see the leader modeling, you see the leader day in and day out putting in what's necessary, even going beyond and stretching their limits to try to achieve that vision, to show a better way, to show a better tomorrow. Those are, the, to me, the really traits of a leadership. Before we get into what's your own success DNA style, what's your own unique you know, leadership style, et cetera. But I think most people, if you start with those three, man, it's, it, you're going to be amazed in 90 days what would happen if you literally sit every single day, I'm going to practice those three traits. Just watch how people respond to you, how your clients respond to you, how your partners respond to you. Everybody is going to shift their mind around you because you started to shift how you're going to show up in the world. Absolutely. I love all that. You know, I think in this world right now, we are lacking a lot of Honesty, I think the yeah, honesty with self is a, is an important one and also integrity as well. You know, like they're mm -hmm. such key fundamental factors in living and in trust and in success. And everybody that I know that's been really successful has all three of those traits. So um, I, I certainly agree with them. You know, some of the things you also talk about is like fulfillment in your life path. You know, I feel like one of the amazing things we could do for the planet is live our dharma, you know, like the Buddhist way of saying like, what were you made to do? And because what we do is we kind of sell out for the money. Now we do need money to survive. So it's a little bit of a catch 22 and it requires a bit of faith because you're like, how the heck am I going to make money as a swim coach? You know, how am I going to make money as a podcast? And you know, like there's a, it gets sorted out kind of. Um, but you know, I feel like you're, when you're doing that, you're being authentic with yourself and you're having integrity with yourself. You know, you're doing the things that you know you were made to do. And I like how you shared your journey of kind of following those breadcrumbs because it, it leads to the next step. And so mine was similar in snowboarding. I never became a professional snowboarder. You know, I was telling you before the podcast, you know, my name is on a snowboard and, and I got a free snowboard here and there. But, you know, comparing myself to some of the things out there, I'd say I'm on the level or, or a far less than some of them. Um, but it led me to the next thing and to the next thing and to the next thing. And I would just I would just take the next step when I knew it presented itself as things got stale. 
there was always, oh, this is the next thing that would go. And it would be this level of excitement, this level of passion, this level of curiosity. And so now I'll get people that I really respect say, wow, I respect your work. And I'm like, wow, thanks, man. Like, cause I really respect what you do. Like, it's really amazing. But I think what it is, is a mutual respect of honoring ourselves. It doesn't matter what that expression is. It's just, you know, honoring yourself and your curiosities and your passions and what lights you up. And I feel like if we can do those as individuals, we then want to lift each other up. You want other people to feel that joy, other people to feel that um, fulfillment and all the good things that go with it. And you want to spread it around and it's all cohesive in the environment, right? When you're, when you're being fulfilled and living your life purpose or your dharma or whatever you call it, um, it's synergistic with the environment. It's never oppressive. It might be, there might be like small circumstances where it is oppressive that I'm unaware of, but 99% is so synergistic and helpful. It's like, how can I help? Oh, this is a way I can help. And if we want to change the world, I think that that's uh, one very important way. So please talk about fulfillment or comment on that. You know, I, first off, I, it reminds me of actually what my client talks about. He's somebody who, you know, talks about purpose so much. And yet so many people, when they hear the word purpose, sometimes we connect the word passion. And I think we see that a lot in this Instagrammable world. Like if you're following your purpose, you must be passionate about it. You must be excited about it. But if you look at the Latin word of passion, it means suffering. And I think that's the first thing when we talk about this idea of really going all in on something that you really just love or really feel compelled to do or really feel called, you know, whether it's from a a higher being or from your own spirit or from, you know, whatever intuition or the law of attraction, whatever that is, the understanding is that there's going to be a level of suffering in order to follow that purpose to its fruition. You were right. I mean, I know even personally for me, Matt, when I started that swim coaching world, I mean, listen, this is not, we're not talking about a field that is like, you know, American football. It's not like there's this, you know, 10 or $20 million, like, you know, carrot out there that someday you could actually work to that position. No, I mean, it was making 15K a year, which is literally basically the way I survived was thankfully we had a large team and we would take them out to a swim meet. We would actually take them to subway. And at this time, subway still had those buy four subs, get one free cards. So I'd always collect every single ticket my swimmers had and subway was my lunch and dinner for pretty much an entire week. You know, that's how I survived in addition to paying, you know, pretty much half my rent for my place. And yeah, I mean, that's how you do it. But I think there's something to be said for just this idea of, what about suffering? Why have we forgot in this world where it's okay? It's okay to suffer. And this doesn't mean to hustle and grind just you know, and brag about it to the world, but it just means literally if there's something that you really want so bad and so desperately, there's going to be some aspect of suffering to it. Maybe it is financial suffering. Maybe it's loneliness suffering. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whatever I've actually gone for, whether from an athletic perspective or business perspective, as you mentioned, there's just a level of understanding that there's going to be some pain involved in this. But understanding that pain is actually something you should be looking forward to. Very young, and this is me ranting here, but my father, when I was little, I remember, you know, just basically complaining about doing some work in the backyard one day. And my dad looked at me and he just said, listen, Alex, do you want to have a happy life? Really a fulfilling life? I said, yes. He said, well, then love work. If you don't love work, 
then you're not going to achieve anything you want first and foremost, which is ultimately going to make you unhappy. So if you really want to love your life and you really want to achieve something, love work. And that's something that's really been instilled with me and something I keep hold to me every single day. I love all that, man. Your rock story reminds me of one of my good buddies. He's really successful and he always had such a great work ethic was one of the keys. He was really good at what he, what he did. And he was always helping us out. So he's like this tech guy, right? And so we were in Whistler and he would always be hooking up our computers, fixing stuff. And he'd be like, oh man, no problem. Just go out of his way all the time to help you. The most deserving person I know who should be successful. And he is. And he goes, um, I was like, bro, like you have such a good work ethic one day. I was like, how did you get into computers and all that kind of stuff? He goes, and he didn't pick up a computer until he was like 16 or 18 or something. And he just understood it, I guess. But he goes, man, he goes the summer before that. He's like, I spent the whole summer picking up rocks. He's like the whole summer. I picked up rocks and I was like, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> and so interestingly enough, he took that summer of picking up rocks. He had five grand and he invested in an apple and that was like 20 years ago. So it gives you an idea. He's like, his parents are like, diversify your money. He goes, nope, I don't understand anything else. I understand Apple. I like Apple. I'm doing that. And so, you know, he did, he did really well. And I think he applies that idea of, um, of hard work ethic, and you're so correct because so many people now with all of the self-help and spirituality and law of attraction, which, which a lot of that stuff is great. And some of it can be misleading through how people portray it through sales and things like that. And I remember coaching one of my clients and she said, you know, I'm kind of going through this thing. Like, um, you know, the last coaching call I was on in this group that she was in, they said, you know, only do what I only do what an F yes, like, unless it's an F yes, don't do it. And I thought about it. And I was like, is that true? And I was like, nah, that's not true. I was like, <laughs> like no athlete that I would know no professional athlete, no high level athlete have I ever trained nobody that I know that's been incredibly successful would that work for you know what I mean? It just it's you have to do a ton of stuff you don't want to do. And I get it though. I get, I kind of get the framework. If you change the perspective and you create that, you know, like you said, the, the suffering part of it and embrace it, like does swim training and you want to be like a, a swim training uh, or a high level swimmer. It's, a lot of that training is going to be hard as shit. You know what I mean? It's going to be very, very, very hard. You want to be a high level athlete, super hard training. You're going to have to do it. It's, it's not fun. You know, testing yourself a lot of the time is not fun. Like even meditation doing like, why would you sit for hours of meditation? I did it and I didn't know why I was doing it, but now I do, you know, <laughs> I didn't know. And I suffered ruthlessly in my own mind between my ears. It was terrible in there and it's often terrible in there, but maybe a less terrible now. Um, so yeah, those points are really important. And what I wanted to ask is there's a lot of people out there, they're, they're working their jobs. They want to move to something more fulfilling. I see money as freedom. Um, so there's tools and techniques to, you know, achieve success. And I know you've worked with a lot of people in business. And so maybe you can give some advice or tips for young entrepreneurs or people who are transitioning um, or want to like make a little bit of money on the side, or they want to move into the entre entrepreneurship world. It's, it's scary because, you know, you've got usually one side over here that's guaranteed. You've yeah. got your guaranteed money. And then now that you're a dad and I'm a dad. So for me, I, I now know the difference between art and business, you know, and art is expressing something. Business is more solving a need, but you can, you can combine the two. And so I just want to get your advice on, you know, if somebody is thinking about doing that, how do they, 
how do they start to engage with that? What are some tips with entrepreneurship to, you know, uh, help them make the leap? Yeah. And especially if it's, you know, we're talking about young entrepreneurs. I mean, this is the age where, you know, we hear so much and, you know, the investment terms, right? You know, I, whenever we talk to our financial advisor, they say, are you risk averse or are you risk tolerant? And, you know, people talk about, I think an entrepreneur, we talk about this is like, oh, that's, that's something genetic. You either are able to take a lot of risks or you're not. And I think at the end of the day, I think some of that's just trained. I think athletes are trained to take risks, especially when you're a high level athlete. There was a part of me that just really said, you know what? It's okay at 12 years old that I leave my friends and go train here. Like it just never boggled my mind. Your story about your friend made me actually realize one thing that I think, think is the best advice and I'm kind of stealing it. But you know, yeah, he could have diversified his portfolio with 5,000. He could have tried a couple different hobbies, but you know what he did? He said, I'm going all in. And maybe he didn't feel like he could do anything else. But I think that is the one thing that is missing, especially when it comes to young entrepreneurship. Go all in and develop a skill. I'm not sitting here and saying it has to be for the next decade or next 20 years, but make a commitment. If this is the year you say, listen, I want to figure out this entrepreneurship game. I'm going to go all in on it. You know, I think there's people like, well, let me try a digital marketing agency. Let me try being a coach or let me try this or let me try that. No, 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 no. What are you going to commit to? Like, and that word of commitment really means this, is that what are you clear on? What's that clarity? What are you connecting to? And what is that conviction you have? And when you actually put those three things together, that creates commitment. And yet so often, and this isn't a young entrepreneur problem. This is a people problem. So many people think that stuff either going to happen overnight and things are going to be like magically this, you know, cure all be all. Listen, leadership to me is that one meta skill that everybody needs to work on. Everybody needs to work. Whether you ever work on with me or not, leadership will take you in so many areas. of It was so important in so many areas of your life that it's going to compound interest in terms of how successful you're going to be in life. So that's why I go into it. And somebody asked me, a young entrepreneur asked me, they said, Alex, how are you able to go and actually work with billionaires? Like, it's amazing that billionaires are hiring you to work with them. And I said, the honest answer is this, is that I've been busting my butt for eight years to be the best in the world at this skill. Leadership to me is not something I, I talk about. It's something I Instagram about. It's something I work on for myself. It's what I read. It's what I practice. It's what I beta test. I've been doing it for eight years in conjunction with all the stuff I was doing beforehand, even if well, I didn't realize it. So I think for most young entrepreneurs, my biggest advice is get obsessed about something and go all in and just see where it takes you. Because as you said, when you do it, you've, it's amazing what transpires from it. I totally agree with that. Um, one of the things I like to kind of give, one of the things I like to share or, or give the thought experiment about is what would you be willing to do for five or 10 years? Or what would you be willing to dedicate the rest of your life to? And when working on something like life purpose or Dharma or things like that, I don't think it's an end result. It's a direction. Like, let's say I knew you as a kid and you're saying, hey, I want to go do swimming. You're like, great. Is that, is that, something you're passionate about do you want to go do that go do that because we don't know where that's going to lead but we know you love it now and so you get to that next step and say hey where do I go well usually it's following the energy of it and if you're willing to follow it out for five years or ten years or or um, something you're, you're willing to commit to it's going to give you the energy and the conviction to overcome the hurdles that will come they're they're definitely going to come and they're going to be challenges and so you have to 
have some sort of fuel or desire to get over them because that's a part of it. And so if you don't really care about it, you know, it's probably going to fall to the weight size. So I think that, you know, having commitment, clarity, and conviction are incredibly important. So when we look at the world today of like leadership and performance and, and, and just personal development and spirituality, I feel like it all, it all coincides, but what do you feel are like some fundamentals for, you know, guidelines, if you're going to bestow them on people like the 10 commandments, what are, what are some things you've seen as far as characteristics of great leaders? Well, I'm you, glad touched you-, on it a, you touched on it a bit, but I want you to go deeper now. Yeah. Let's, we're going to go, let's go deeper on the success DNA piece because I think that's really important, but I do want to touch base on something you said about energy. Cause this idea of like money, we need money and stuff like that. Cause I look at money as energy because if you're putting energy into something, then I believe that's energy is going to come back to you, which is hence money. I just, I had to throw it in cause it just made me think about so often people worry so much about money and how to make money. But at the end of the day, as we've kind of mentioned, like if you put so much energy into people and so much energy into a skill and so much energy into an area where you can solve problems or something you're passionate about, I've always found money comes back. Money will come back to you. I'm not saying it's billions, but money will come back to allow you to lead a great lifestyle. I am confident on it time and time again. It seems to happen for people. Literally, true story, there's a woman who is obsessed with carving buttered cows. Like she literally takes butter and she carves cows and she has a multi-million dollar operation from doing that. So like I, like you, we've talked about, energy comes in so many places. Let's go into leadership. Let's go into this whole wonderful thing of leadership. The one area that I see time and time again for most people, especially when it comes in the business world, is that if you, the metaphor I love to use is, imagine for a second you were Dr. Doolittle. And you had the ability to speak to animals for the day. One day you're just walking by a lake and all of a sudden you see, look out and you see this fish and this fish is just jumping up and down and up and down. And you're just really confused what this fish is doing. So you go over to it and as Dr. Doolittle, you can speak to animals and you say, hey fish, what, what are you doing? I'm, I'm confused. And the fish says, oh, Dr. Doolittle, I am trying to fly. I'm doing everything I possibly can to fly. Could you teach me how to fly? Now, we all know, I got to stop here. Yes, I know there's a fish that can fly, but humor me here. (laughs) I know there's a fish that can fly. Most of you go, listen, fish, you can't fly. You're meant to swim. And that's what I see with most people. See, most people that lead, they're trying to lead like how they saw somebody else lead. They're trying to lead, whether it's like that charismatic person or like the servant leadership person or like this teacher, where at the end of the day, we're all uniquely built. We are all born with a very different style and different genes that's going to allow us to lead in a way that's going to work best for not only ourselves, but also the people that we're trying to impact. And that to me is success DNA, meaning it's not about just trying to lead like everybody else. It's about finding the best way for you to lead, going all in on that and using that to impact other people's lives. And I found, you know, it's not that I'm a huge person in labeling, but I understand that to get people started, we need to come up with patterns, what I see in typical leaders so that at least they have a starting point to go into that area so they can grow and cultivate that. And so there's four areas I look at somebody there that they have a natural innate ability to lead. So the first one is a developer. And this is the person you see is the natural coach. This is the person who just, it's instantly easy for them 
to look at a person, give some advice, or really ask them questions and get that person to be better as a result of being around them. It doesn't even matter if like it's, you could see that person, they like, I always think of this as a natural coach, the football coach that goes in the swimming world. And he could literally get the swimmer to be a better swimmer. Even though he knows nothing about swimming, he has that ability to bring out the best in other people just because of his questioning, because of his intuitiveness and what he sees in the other person. The second type of leader is the architect. And the architect is the person who can, who all these other people have these massive visions and all these people have these grand ideas. The architect is the person who can not only figure out the plan and strategy to actually make it happen, but know how to put the people in the right places where they fit. I hear it so many times that leaders are like, man, this person's horrible at this job. They, they suck. They don't know how to do this. I can't believe it. But then you ask them, say, are they a good fit for that job? And the reality is no. That architect is not their skill. An architect is the ability to make sure that people are in the right place at the right time doing the right job for themselves to get the success and goal achieved. The third one is the motivator. Now, the motivator isn't the rah-rah person or the high-energy person, and they can be, but a motivator simply is this. The motivator has the ability to communicate and get other people to say yes. And while this could be a great skill and sometimes it can be used to, you know, in a wrong way, typically what I find most motivators that have good hearts really are getting them to buy into their own goals, buy into their own dreams, buy into the vision of the company. They really are just very good at getting people to say, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Yeah, okay, I'm all in. Let's do this. Let's go. And even before they said, no, I'm not going to do this, at the end, they're like, why did I say yes to that? That's a natural motivator. And then finally, the fourth person, which we all kind of put as the higher status, but it's just one of the four types, but is called the visionary. And the visionary is the person who can anticipate. They use their intuition, they read, they're usually very well educated, but typically more often than not, they have this innate ability to know what's going to happen six months from now, one year from now, five years from now. They're just so good at putting together all these pieces and say, I predict this is going to happen. And so we're going to work on this today to be prepared for what's about to come. So those are the four types I look at. And like I said, those innate qualities, they're all skills and you should be developing all four of them, but you need to find your natural innate ability. And then if in the business world, start building an organization around that type. And that's going to help you be the most successful. And what I find help you not only find more and greater success and achieve more wealth and all that stuff, but find more fulfillment. Because if you're doing something you're good at and you actually grow into, the more likely you're going to enjoy doing it. That's awesome, man. I love all that. It reminds me of uh, Bruce Lee's philosophy of martial arts. You know, I, lo I loved his work and, and definitely was a student of Jeet Kune Do and, and still am to this day. And one of the ideas was that not, this, not the same technique will work for everybody. You know, we're all unique in the way that we um, can express ourselves. So if you're kind of, I don't know, a chunky martial artist and you're a little bit pudgy, you're going to be using different skills than maybe somebody who's tall and slender. And so what we can do is we can try the techniques and take what works for us and disregard what doesn't, you know? So, you know, I, I kind of, I see that as a really great point because so many people are modeling other people rather than being the unique expression of what they are. And I think that we can learn from leaders and we can learn from experts. And that's what NLP kind of teaches you is you look at an expert. And so neuro is how they think, you know, linguistic is how they speak, what words do they use and programming is their habits 
and and so we can look at that and say, oh, okay, this is what they believed about business. This is how they spoke about it. Uh, these were their habits, and we can kind of model that a little bit. But we don't want to be carbon uh, copies of someone else. We want to be our our own signature here, and it's going to be very specific. You know, I think we all have a very specific. Uh, purpose like that butter lady is ludicrous. You know what I mean? Who's going around working with butter? Um, and so, you know, when we do that though, the the people recognize somehow that wow, this this person and she and I guarantee she has some sort of level of mastery, like some crazy buttery mastery. That you're just like, you know what? That's amazing. I'm gonna give you some money, which, as you said, is energy because that's just phenomenal. Who would do that? You know. And so, but the most beautiful thing is that she is doing what she wants to do. And so that's, you know, I was talking to somebody today um, that I'm coaching is kind of like new on the journey. And I was like, dude, now it's the process. Like you got to earn it. You know what I mean? You got to go through and then be that example because then over time you're going to master your craft and you're going to bring people towards you. You're going to be a magnet for it because you, like you said at the beginning, you'll have the integrity. You can do it. You've earned it. And so it's a, you know, I, I don't like the term embracing the grind, but I get the idea. It's like showing up each and every day, embracing the suffering, but suffer for something that you want to do. And it, and when you switch the perspective, it doesn't have to be suffering. It just be embracing the process, you know, actually enjoying it. And so, you know, that's absolutely uh, possible as well. So I feel like when we fine tune these perspectives with reality and what it takes to be successful, what are some character traits of people who are fulfilled? They're doing work that inspires them. They're adding contribution to others in a way that they feel uniquely um, inspired to do, right? And so we can look at those same things. So then you then you ask those questions. What am I uniquely inspired to do? Who am I uniquely inspired to help? What is what is the road look like, right? If I go to you and say, hey, man, I want to I wanna be uh, the best Olympic swimmer possible. Like, great, here's your training program. I'm like, damn. Son, that is, that is ruthless. I don't want to do all that. Holy crap. And so, you know, and it's the same with me. If you wanted a martial arts training program, like, yeah, man, I want to go to the UFC. I'm like, all right, here we go. It's like, and you're like, holy crap. I was like, that much running? Yeah, yeah. And then you're gonna have to do this and this. And so, um, you know, it's that process, but we don't have to hate it. We can say, you know what, we have such commitment and um, passion for this, that we're going to embrace it in a positive way, because um, we're going to forge ourselves, you know, we earn who we want to become. And, you know, it's not given, you know, I, you know, people are like, Oh Matt, you have a six pack. Yeah. Go to the gym a lot, but it's a lifestyle, you know, and it has nothing to do with that result. It's just, that's what happened. You know, that's just, that's just what happens. And so when people are successful in business, that's what happens. You know, one of my friends who's the most successful in business, um, he literally just says, I try to add value every day. You know, he just thinks about his avatar who he wants to help. And I add value every day. And he built his business, which is extraordinary, um, um, in entrepreneurship, uh, or sorry, in real estate, focusing on, you know, did a podcast, got feedback from people, created a coaching program for them because he knew what he was doing, you know, very successful um, real estate guy himself, but always getting feedback. And he literally just kept it in his own unit and figured out what they want. And from that feedback, he learned that there was this huge need for software that people were struggling with one specific thing. And so he built it. And then that company is now worth like $20 million on the side from literally creating community, genuinely adding value to them, listening to them and getting feedback. So he showed up every day in a meaningful and genuine way, 
added value to people, right? So he was reliable and he had integrity. And then from listening and feedback, he built something that became way more valuable, um, right? But for them, it makes their whole life easier. And so he built what they were asking for. And it's so it's a simple example, but I feel like we can each apply that, right? It's our own level of mastery and how we're going to serve. But, you know, a lot of people at the beginning, they say, how much will I make? And that's a very, that's a a job oriented thing, right? Mm -hmm. I'll show up and I'll do the tasks that you tell me to do and you will give me this. And in entrepreneurship, it's a little bit of a different thing. So they're always like, what am I going to get? It's like, no, as an entrepreneur, what am I going to give? How much value can I give to you? And in that way, then you will actually, um, you know, I will receive from that, but it'll be from the value that, that you get. Yeah. And you talk and so much of that employee thinking, right, is very linear, which I get. And I understand when you're in that employee environment, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to show up for 40 hours, 45 hours, whatever. And you're going to give me a dollar amount and I've got to, or I got to produce so much and you're going to still give me this dollar amount. You know, there's a very linear process there. And in the world of entrepreneurship and the world of leadership and everything we're talking about, what I love about that story is this idea that there is a, exponential sequencing of just really understanding of how can I learn about the people that I want to help? And so often we hear this, right? So many people talk about niching down and getting nicher and just forcing something, et cetera. And I always found like there's really two ways to start. And this may be another piece of advice for the young entrepreneurs, but really it's like you either got to be problem focused or you're going to be people focused. And I've always been somebody who, and this may be the leader and that I love to teach, but I've always been people focused, meaning that I, there are certain people I love to be around. I love to be around former athletes. I love to be around people that are really going after something incredible in their business. I really love people that, you know, honestly are in performance field, whether they're athletes themselves or they're trainers or whatever it is. I've always just gravitated towards because all of us share some, maybe it's an obsession. Like literally when we say we're going to do something, it's not like, okay, we're going to do it five days a week. We're going to take the week off. No, no, no. We say, Hey, we're going to go all in. If I'm an athlete, I'm changing my diet. I'm doing my routine. You know, when my wife sees me like get involved in a new, you know, athletic endeavor, she's like, Oh great. I know tomorrow he's going to go to the grocery store and change this and do these things and get all these stuff ready and buy you know, this coach and books and everything like that. Cause that's what we do. That's the, that's the type of person I am. And the type of person I love to be around. And so when you think about the people that you want to serve, what I love about your friend's story, it's that the understanding of what they want and what they need and what, how you can help them never ends because you get to ask them the question. You get to continue serving them. You get to continue just exploring. And at the end of the day, more often than not, and I found this in all the businesses I've sold and even to this day, most people don't even know what they want. It's our job to listen to them so deep and so intently that they may not even be know what they're asking for. But if you listen close enough, they're really telling you, and it's your job to create. It's your job to inspire. It's your job to put it in front of them because when they see it, they'll recognize it's a need that they must, must have. I love that. Yeah, that's a really, really great distinction, especially in entrepreneurship and business and something that, uh, you know, maybe that I think personally, I got to listen to more because a lot of the stuff I've done is like art, you know, like even doing sports psychology book. It's like not with there. It's like it was ahead of the time and behind the times at the same time. People are like starting to catch up. But I was like, no, nah, man, people people need to know this. But once you once you 
what you're what you're speaking about is so important because it's two things. The first is you're showing up in a field that you enjoy, right? And once you do that, then you're helping people in a way in an, in a field that you you want to. Like it's your own choice for being there. So they're participating. So my my example is sports or with the podcast is personal development or something similar, but you'll notice these patterns, right? And and the better you get at listening, you can then create something for them to help solve that need, that struggle, right? And, you know, one of them actually for me recently was, you know, all the time about meditation. People are like, I don't know how to meditate. It's hard. And so finally, after all this time, I'm going to finally release um, this quantum heart hypnosis series that makes meditation fun and easy and powerful, right? Because like, ah, oh, it's, as I hear, this is, a, it's the same, same, but different. And it solves all those problems that you're having and you don't have to worry about it, right? So it combines brainwave entrainment, binaural beats, um, and the process is a little bit unique. So it makes it a little bit more engaging and fun, but also uses technology from heart math and stuff like that. And so that's like doing business where before I was doing art, but the whole point is when I did it, um, I did it because I, I wanted to help people and I knew it was, um, I knew it was helpful, but when I made it a business, it was getting very specific on what their needs were. Right. I didn't like has like, all right, what is, what are your biggest problems? I don't know what my life purpose is. Right. I want to know what my life purpose is. So I, this is exactly to solve that problem. And so you can have a framework so that when you go through it, you're going to be closer to that understanding. And that's, and that's that distinction. And so once you do it and do it and do it, then you get more feedback. But the whole point is you're working and you're being an entrepreneur, but you're getting to solve problems that you're uniquely good at and interested in, right? Like, I don't know what the heck this girl with butter is doing, right? But whatever she's doing, all of her, you know, butter life is around that. And she has kind of created that unique universe, you know what I mean? And so it's a really, it's a really beautiful thing. And um, I think that, those distinctions are, are so important what you're sharing that, that, that when people are going from employee thinking, I guess, if we say it or work week, they don't, they don't think of things like that. And, and the fulfillment from, from actually being, being better at it. Like if you train with me in snowboarding, like I made good snowboarders, you know what I mean? And I was notorious for it. And I became an international snowboard coach because they got better. And I loved seeing them get better. It made me really happy to see somebody land a trick that they couldn't do. And I was like, yes, I knew you could do it. It just, it filled me up. And so I feel like it's that synergy, you know, and I'm not, you know, I just, I really like that distinction there because the closer we get on these distinctions um, of like these understandings about suffering and say, Hey, no, there's going to be hard work. Like there's going to be effort, but it doesn't have to be terrible effort. You just got to recognize that you need to show up. And if we can get really clear in these distinctions and then begin to pl apply them, like you said, and if you go right back to the very beginning of this podcast, you know, um, just focusing on making people's day better. If you just take that one thing and you're able to apply it, you will have a, a different experience 30 days from now, 60 days from now. And, you know, with the David Lone Bear Senate Pass, do three kind acts. I, I make it as a challenge for my podcast. I say, you know, I invite you to take the kindness challenge, do that and see what happens. And so many people have emailed me and they always start like this, Matt, you'll never going to believe this dot, 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 because something weird happens that it's like this universal wink that they're like, oh, something has shifted 
in the way that life is responding to me. And so we've got these basic principles that if we can understand the results or the feedback, whether it's finances or success in, in a variety of different ways, begin to come back. But, but, a, but if you look at success, they're all there. You know what I mean? And so I'm going to shut up and just ask you to chime in. You know, Matt, I <laughs> say the same uh, thing again. I, you know, the, your, your program and what you're teaching and training and sharing with people in this next decade, I talk a lot about this idea of paradigm shifting leadership, and we can talk about that a little more, but you said something about helping people go deeper within themselves. We've talked about listening. We've talked about not only just listening to other people, but I believe the people that are going to have a competitive advantage, whether it's athletes for themselves, whether it's business, what, no matter what, is their bill, are they able to go deeper in themselves and listen to themselves on a deeper level? To me, that is the one competitive advantage coming up in 2020 that I think is very rarely not talked about. The leaders I work with, and as you kind of mentioned here, they're so focused on the outcome. They're so focused on the, what the result is that the process and the effort that really is the correlation to anything that happens outside of us really first and foremost starts with listening with us. You know, as a swimmer, it wasn't as if I was on a field where I could hear my coach yelling things at me. My head was underwater, and I don't care what any swimmer says. I never heard my coach underwater. I never even heard the fans underwater. It doesn't matter. There's only one time I ever heard the fans, and that was because it was a 5,000-seat uh, uh, arena, and the feet were on the ground. Everyone was, like, stomping, so you could just feel the, the tremors of the pool kind of shaking as you were swimming. But I never heard anything. And so imagine for six hours a day and they give you, in my world, this was a set that just, ugh, just makes me want to throw up even just still <laughs> thinking about it today there. And it was 10, 400 IMs on 440 descend, you know, one through five, six through 10, and basically try to stay within five seconds of your lifetime best and killer set, killer set. You don't, you're not hearing motivation. You're not getting rah-rah. You don't have music. You don't have anything. You literally have yourself and your effort. And to me, the thing that allowed me to be successful today that I know I've learned from swimming is the ability to be in a quiet place, in a place of suffering, whether it was finances, <clears throat> whether it was, you know, relationships, whatever the suffering was, I was still able to stay in a quiet space and not lose myself. I was able to stay in a silence and not feel like I had to be distracted or had to go somewhere else or anything like that. And to me, that's what I love that you're teaching. And that's something that every leader out there, like, listen, you can learn about the analytics and listen, you can go to a school, you can go to any online thing and learn basically business lingo or financial statements and all that stuff. All that stuff is not hard to learn. You can learn it in two years, I promise you. But the idea of listening to yourself, the idea of listening to people, the idea of how you listen and apply that, that, that's a, as you've mentioned so many times, that's the art. That's what's going to help give people that are in this world today that maybe they're, maybe they're just above the surface right now, or maybe they're doing okay. But listen, it's not AI. It's not technology that's going to separate people because technology will make it even easier for everybody. What's going to separate people is those leaders and people that are not only willing to listen themselves and listen to others, but listen so deeply and figure out ways how to help people with that ideas, callings, insights, et cetera.
Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate that. That's going to be my uh, first commercial. <laughs> You're like, look, Alex, Alex said it for me. I'm just going to use this. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I absolutely agree. And you, you touched on something at the beginning, just saying, you know, following your intuition and gut. And that's when I look at the difference between myself and, and some of my, my friends that I grew up with. And some people say, you know, Matt, how have you done all the things that you've done? And I just say, I just listened to myself. You know, I just did the things that I felt called to do. And it's interesting how the universe responds. Like the universe will respond and support you if you take that leap of faith. And it's not an easy journey. My, I don't think your journey was easy. Mine was definitely not easy and it's still not easy in many ways. But at least I know um, when I've had many near-death experiences, too many that I should be having, um, each time was like, okay, like this is it. But I didn't feel regret. I wasn't like, oh man, why was I doing this? I hated this. You know what I mean? You know, and so it's having that very honest dialogue with yourself and whatever kind of practice or way you want to learn to listen to yourself, it's paramount because if you're not listening to yourself, who are you listening to? Right. And then your life is going to be led by someone else for some other agenda and you're going to be left feeling unfulfilled and you're going to be leaving the world with regret and that'll be a bummer. Um, so you, you need to learn how so you can develop your own connection with yourself and then the universe and spirit and nature and God in whatever way that you receive that. And when you do it and you see the weird things line up for you, then you'll know that there is a force that's kind of working with you. And, and, and it's, you know, unfortunately, like it, you can get to realms of miracles. I've seen a lot of miracles, which I do exist that do exist, but you got to get into alignment. Right. And mm-hmm. somebody said like miracles are where like hard work and perseverance pay. It's at the intersection of hard work and perseverance. Like, Oh, you know, yes. And you're, you're set up with the skills and the know-how at that time, because you've, you've trained, I think it was actually maybe even Jamie Foxx talked about it and getting on Kanye West track um, when he was like doing a lot of music and he just kept practicing and practicing and it just all of a sudden it came up to be on, you know, Kanye West, West is a random example, but I don't know why I'm even remembering that. I don't even listen to Joe Rogan very often, but I remember seeing that or somebody told me and he said, I would, I was just ready. I just was able to show up and I had been practicing singing for years and I was now at that synergy to do another thing that I really wanted to do. And I thought it was beautiful. So um, man, this has been wonderful and, and really applicable. And I, I think that you've really hit on the core principles of success and leadership. And and it's not it's not mysterious. It's just how do we engage with that over um, a period of time consistently? And so is there anything that you wish that I had asked or anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Yeah, uh, here's the question that most people don't ask, but I I think your audience is going to love it. Just the, your vibe and what you preach and teach and share. I think this, and you even mentioned the words, so it made me think about this. So, you know, obviously I have, you know, people that are kind of starting their business and they're, they're doing okay, but they want to grow. They're, they're, they're on that, like, I want, to, I want my business to grow out. I want my business to be up here. I want my business to get to that next level, et cetera. But the question that I don't often get asked is like saying, so Alex, what about the people that are like killing it in business? Or, you know, I used to work with a lot of professional athletes. What were you working on? What are you working on with them? Like, what's the difference between it? Like, what's the difference between somebody that you're working here on a leadership thing versus somebody who's really achieved higher levels of success? And the one thing I always tell people is like, first and foremost, listen, don't use money doesn't mean that somebody's a great leader. Money is just a meaning that they've got the business game figured out. Leadership is a totally different thing. But when I'm working with somebody that's really, you know, it really has worked on their leadership and they want to go to that A plus level game, 
the three things I really work with him, as you kind of mentioned, are alignment, resonance, and intuition. So much of what's being coached out there is trying to train you to do something. Whereas most of my higher end clients, the people that you know from, you know, the New York Times bestselling and whatever, my job is to help them untrain some of those bad habits, bad lessons. So often we're, we've got all these things, we've got all these systems, we've got all these tools, we've learned so much. And yet some of these people are maybe not feeling like they're, like something feels off to them. They don't know why. Or they don't feel like they're resonating with the people around them as they used to. Or they don't know what their gut used to say. And that's what I'm working with them on that day. We're really getting into some, some deeper level mindset, spirit, holistic pieces that it's not just about growth. And I can tell you that when they actually get these pieces together, man, everything starts to open up. But it's these pieces that are invisible to most people's eye that actually is where most of the successful people with parents, as businesses, as athletes, that's where the magic happens. It happens when they really feel truly aligned with how their energy is being used. It's really being truly aligned with the resonance and resonating with all the people in their circle. Hence why you see a lot of successful people, like if they don't feel like you're a good fit within two minutes, you're out of their world. And it's not because they don't like you or not because you're a bad person. It's just there is something that they say instantly, this is not going to be good for me. So they instantly remove it. And then finally, intuition, that no matter what the numbers say, like if you really talk to people and what actually were successful, they'll tell you some of the best decisions and also some of the worst decisions in their life were because they either listened to their gut or didn't listen to their gut. And so those are the things I'm working with the highest level people in terms of leadership on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis. And that's the, the name of the game, right? Working on it daily, not weekly, not monthly, but daily. I love all that. I completely agree. You know, the, the more we can be aligned, I think Warren Buffett talks about that too. Just listen to his gut. He has a process, but you would, you would always listen to his gut. My buddy in the Apple story, you know, he knew, he's like, I just know Apple. This is the thing I understand. And, and it worked out. And you know, even if, even if you make that decision and you make a state a mistake and listen to your gut, you'll have learned something, but you'll have been in the practice of listening to yourself as a leader. And you'll recognize if that, in fact, when you made that decision, was it actually you or, or did you make it based out of fear? Did you make it based out of someone else's decision? And so it wasn't an opportunity for you to trust yourself. You know what I mean? Because I find that even uh, when we trust ourselves, we, and, and if we fail, we might not know immediately, but we do understand where that led us. You know what I mean? Like it actually could be putting us one step back in our, in our, I call it our dumb, dumb brains. You know what I mean? Cause our minds could only perceive a very small fragment of what the actual flying F is going on here. We, we have no idea what's happening here and yeah. we are connected to this unified field, this spirit, this bigger force. And so it might be putting us back. Like maybe it fires you from your job. Maybe it does this. Maybe you thought you'd be successful with this person, but then there's a better fit over here. And so that's almost like that surrender path, but you get there quicker and you stay more aligned and more congruent when you listen to yourself and, and recognize it as like, maybe the failure isn't actually bad. It's just an experience, right? It just, it just happened. And so um, it's a more empowering way forward um, than, than thinking you always got to be right. You've always got to win. And um, 
Yeah. And doing things based out of fear and not really your, your gut intuition. I think you learn the most that way. So this has been wonderful, man. I really appreciate it. And such, such practical insights. Where can people find more about your work and what you do? And if they want to stay in touch, where do they go? Yeah, sure. So just uh, for your audience, I mean, why would I ever come on an episode and not give anything away for free? So another lesson for all those entrepreneurs. So, you know, I've talked about success DNA. I've talked about the culture of success. And as we've talked about giving value away, I actually want to give our entire success DNA course away for free today here. So it's a $500 value. If you go to Alex Kuhn, or excuse me, sorry, it's Alex Dash Kuhn, last name is spelled K-U-H-N, dot com forward slash mind body spirit if you go there again it's alex-coon.com forward slash mind body spirit our whole indoctrination into what we found has been very successful leaders and in addition to the success dna program that is yours for free it's my gift to you just because i know that when you're on podcasts like this you're here because you want to grow. You're here because you want to develop. And whether you ever spend a dollar with me or not, I want to see you grow as a leader. I'm on this planet. I'm in my life's work, making sure that we, it is time for a different type of leadership. You know, we are with, with coronavirus and the craziness of the world that's coming up. I'm looking for paradigm shifting leaders, people that it's more than just impact. It's more than just making money, but really people that understand that we need to start actually shifting how our energy is used to make this world a better place, not only for ourselves, but the people that we are surrounding themselves with. And I know this is one of the first steps and maybe the most important step when it comes to actually starting to shift the paradigm for your life in addition for everybody else. So again, alex-coon.com forward slash mind body spirit and that is yours for free that's amazing man super generous well make sure that that's linked up and and really appreciate it and and definitely invite the audience to go check it out you know education is always good i i think i was doing like tallying up how much i've spent on personal developments i've been 19 i was like it's a high number. It's like a few hundred thousand dollars, but uh, there's, there's no better investment than that of yourself. You know what I mean? So definitely appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing that kind gift to the audience. So uh, thank you so much for your work, man. And I look forward to staying in touch. Matt, you rock, man. Love what you're doing here. And uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, cool. See you guys. See you in the next one. Yeah. Peace.